Well, good morning, Crossroads, and welcome as we begin this brand new series that we are embarking on for the summer called Supernatural. We are going to be taking a look at the 44 miracles of Jesus that we see recorded in Scripture. And make no mistake, these are moments that changed the trajectory of thousands of people's lives who witnessed what Jesus did. These are moments that changed the world forever. And when you read the descriptions of these unbelievable moments in the life of Jesus, what you realize is people had the same response over and over and over again. They were amazed. They were awestruck. They described things that had never been seen before. All of these things capture what Jesus was doing while he walked on planet Earth. So throughout this summer in our daily Bible readings, throughout our our sermon series on Sunday mornings, we're going to be walking through the 44 miracles of Jesus and really pausing to just think about and reflect on how important these moments are and how they change us because Jesus never wasted any of these opportunities. He always had a teaching moment that correlated with these miracles that he performed. These were unbelievable, awe-inspiring, amazing moments, and they were moments that drew people to the kingdom, that drew people to the mission of Jesus. He was trying to connect people with him. And that's what we're going to be focusing on as we take on this journey throughout the summer called Supernatural, as we take a look at the 44 miracles of Jesus. So I hope you get excited. Buckle your seatbelt because it's going to get a little crazy. Now, the first miracle that we're looking at is called the Great Catch of Fish, all right? Now, here's the thing. My name is Tim Fisher. I make no mistake, my last name given to me by many generations of great fishermen, apparently, did not land in this generation, all right? I am not a great fisherman. We'll talk about that later. But this story in the life of Jesus is very significant because it points to the lordship of Jesus. What it points to is the recognition in the life of Peter, James, and John that there is no one like Jesus. And that when you stand face to face with Jesus, you realize your inferiority. You realize your sinfulness. You realize that you are just not worthy. And at the end of the day, when you stand face to face with Jesus, I think you also have this realization that I need Jesus. And I want to ask you a question before we dive in today. And it's, it's simple, but it can change the scope of your eternity. The question is simply this, have you decided to follow Jesus? Is he the Lord of your life? Because as we dive into scripture today and take a look at this miracle, you're going to see the lordship of Jesus on full display. So here we are in Luke chapter 5. Let's dive in. It's the great catch of fish, one of the 44 miracles that Jesus performed while he walked on planet Earth. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Now let's pause here for a second because this doesn't seem significant, but this is a moment where Jesus was being very intentional. He knew the plans that he had for Peter, for James, and for John. They were sitting there washing their nets, all right? They'd been out fishing, and we're going to find out later in the story, it's not been a good night. What we realize here is that Jesus was being intentional. Jesus chose these guys. And not because they were some great, you know, uh, well-spoken, educated people. No, what we see that's a common thread through the disciples that Jesus chose to follow him is they were common, ordinary men. 
but Jesus had a purpose and a plan for each and every one of them. And I got to be honest, I for one am thankful that God uses perfectly ordinary people to do great things for him. He has a purpose and he has a plan for each and every one of us. And I want to challenge you today that he has a purpose and a plan for you. And if you make this decision to follow Jesus, to say yes to Jesus, he will change your life forever because he is Lord. There is no one like him. And as this encounter begins to unfold, you're going to recognize that the lordship of Jesus changes everything. So the story continues. It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. This is kind of a nice moment where Jesus has been teaching the crowds. They're going away. And he's kind of just trying to say thank you to these guys for, for giving them some time in their boat. He wants to help them out a little bit. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. All right, this is a typical response from a fisherman who's tired and frustrated. He's been out all night and didn't catch a thing. So Jesus right now is challenging them, right? He's saying, hey guys, let's go for a boat ride. I've got an idea that you're gonna catch some fish. And I can imagine there's kind of like a wink there, like, you know, Jesus knows something great's about to happen. But Peter, James and John, they have to make this decision. They have to accept that, well, Jesus is challenging me to do something that I don't think makes any sense. I guess I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to choose to follow him. So in a moment of obedience, they say, all right, they, they go out on the boat. Master, if you say so, let's go out and let's see if we can catch some fish. This is despite all their frustration, right? They've been up all night. They haven't caught a thing. That is the story of my fishing experience, all right? Anytime growing up that I went out to go fishing with friends or family or whoever, I never caught anything. I'm being serious. I am the worst fisherman. But strangely enough, all of that changed this last summer. We went on an epic family vacation with my parents, my sister, took the kids. We went on a road trip up to Canada. We were staying at a cabin on a lake that just had a dock. We didn't even rent a boat, all right? We we're just sitting out on the dock, and my boys, they said, Dad, we want to do some fishing. Well, in the back of my mind, I'm going, are you kidding me? Because I've had enough bad experiences. Let's just be honest. Terrible experiences fishing. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. So we went up to the Canadian version of Walmart. It's called Walmart. And uh, we bought a $20 fishing pole, all right? Had no idea what I was going to use for bait. We literally used chopped up pieces of hot dog, all right? That's how terrible we are at fishing. So I send my boys out to the end of this dock. They've got this cheap $20 fishing pole with a little hook with a hot dog on it. These kids started catching largemouth bass like they were going out of style. I cannot believe how many fish they caught in such a short amount of time. And huge fish. I mean, hu huge fish that they were catching, all right? It was an unbelievable moment because we were doing it with a $20 fishing pole and some hot dog is made. It doesn't make any sense. So listen, if you're like a professional fisherman and you're shaking your head right now, I get it. But I'm going to tell you, all you amateurs out there, just use a hot dog. You're good to go. You'll catch a bunch of fish. Take it from me. My last name's Fisher. Now you know. So translate this to the story with, with Simon Peter. He's been out fishing all night. He's tired. He's frustrated. Jesus says to him, hey, let's go on a boat ride. He has every excuse to not step out in faith, not to follow Jesus. But because Jesus is who Jesus is, Peter says, all right, let's do it. Jesus challenged them, and then we see Jesus showed up in a big way. The story continues. And this time, when they went out fishing, 
their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. This is an extraordinary moment. This, this doesn't happen. They have suddenly caught so many fish that two boats are sinking because of all the fish that are in them. That has never happened. I don't have enough hot dogs to make that happen in my life, right? Peter immediately realizes he is in the presence of God. There is no one else who could do anything like this. What he sees immediately is the lordship of Jesus, and it changes him. It changes him immediately. And what we see here is that when, when Jesus challenges us and we're willing to take that step of faith and follow him, I got to tell you, he changes you forever. As a pastor, I get to experience people's stories. I get to experience life with a lot of people, hear what God has done in their lives, and to see over and over and over again the countless experiences of people who've stepped out in faith, they've encountered Jesus, and Jesus has radically transformed them and changed their lives. There is nothing like that. There is power in that story. It's, it's the word of our testimony that has so much power. It's the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us so that we could be forgiven. And the word of our testimony, that story of what he has done when we encountered him, it's that change that brings about transformation like no one could ever believe. It has to be a God thing. It's not anything that we can do on our own power. So when Jesus changes us, let's recognize a couple things about this change. And we learn this from the story. It goes on to say, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man, which is an extraordinary response in and of its own. I mean, that's an amazing response. In light of who God is, being face to face with Jesus, Peter, the only response he has is, hey, I'm not really worthy of being in your presence, God. Would you just leave me? I know all my faults. I know all of my failures. I'm really not worthy of this interaction and this moment with you. I, I am not worthy to be in your presence. It's that lordship of Jesus. It's the holiness of who he is. It's that sense of wonder when you realize you are encountering the creator of the universe who loves your soul. And you realize there's no one like him. I'm not worthy of being in this presence. I mean, that's what's overwhelming Peter in this moment. He was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. What we see here is that Jesus changes my perspective. I think a lot of times when we think about Peter, Peter, James, and John, the closest friends of Jesus. Remember, he was very intentional in choosing these three right out of the gate. These were going to be the people who would become the closest companions of Jesus throughout his years of ministry while he walked planet Earth. These were the people he would confide in. These were the people who saw his most intimate moments where he raised people uh, from the dead, where he performed the miracles that transfigured him and allowed them to see the radiance of God on, on Earth. These were the people who are going to experience the most intimate moments with Jesus. He chose them. And this is that moment where they encounter him really for the first time and recognize there is no one like him. He is completely other. And so Peter, standing in the presence of Jesus, just has this embrace with his own inferiority. He's recognizing the superiority of God. He's recognizing his own sinfulness. And before Peter can stand as this hero of faith, right, who's known for his obedience, who's known for sharing the good news and being the foundation, uh, the building block of the church as we know it today, before all of that can happen, 
Peter has to have this encounter with Jesus where he recognizes his own sinfulness. I mean, it truly is a moment of repentance. And it's a powerful moment because it's that encounter with Jesus where you realize he is Lord and I desperately need him. It's that beautiful and sacred moment where we say yes to Jesus. And in response, it says, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. I love how Jesus puts that all in context. He says, hey, you've been fishing and catching fish. That's great. Now I'm giving you a bigger purpose. I'm giving you a more important mission. You're going to go fishing for people. You are going to share this good news. And this is significant because it shows Jesus' love and care and compassion for mankind. It shows his love and care and compassion for all of us. It shows that he didn't come to judge the world. He came to show us grace and mercy, to to share his love with us, to share the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, to draw us closer to him. His mission for Peter, for James and John, was to make them fishers of men, to, to share the good news and connect as many people as they possibly could to the gospel, to the good news, to the saving grace of Jesus. Changed their purpose. It gave them life. And what they recognize is that Jesus was changing them, changing their perspective, changing their purpose, and it was only just beginning because here's where the story concludes. It says, and as soon as they landed, as soon as their boats got back to the shore, they left everything and they followed Jesus. What you realize here is that when we talk about this change of Jesus, it changes my perspective. Jesus is Lord, I am not. I I need Jesus. Changes my purpose. I've got a bigger mission in life. I need to say yes to Jesus each and every day. And I need to share this good news with the people he's placed in my life. But finally, you realize it changes your passion. The things that were important to me, they just don't have the, the, the strange glow anymore. I love that old hymn. It's the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's all about turning your eyes on Jesus. And when you have turned your eyes on Jesus, when you have declared he is Lord, there's no one like him, and you realize your desperate need for him, it changes what you are passionate about. And I want to challenge you today with this simple idea of saying yes to Jesus. Because the most important decision you will ever make as a person is is that decision to follow him. And I just want to ask you today, have you decided to follow Jesus? Because I guarantee you this, he loves you. He loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. He desires to change you because he loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more like him. But when we encounter Jesus, make no mistake, we have to rise to that challenge. We have to step out in faith. We gotta get in the boat and go fishing, right? Because when we step out in faith, when we start doing life with Jesus, he shows up and he changes us. And so my challenge today is let him change your perspective. Recognize your need for Jesus. Let him change your purpose. Man, focus on the things of heaven. Focus on things that have eternal value. And may may it be your ambition, may it be the goal of your life to make a difference for eternity every single day that you have breath. Let him change your passion. May him open your eye. May, may, May you allow Jesus to open your eyes to the things of eternity, to the things of his kingdom, so that you make every minute count and you make sure that you are saying yes to Jesus every single day. I believe that saying yes to Jesus is not just a one-time event. It starts with me saying yes to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I'm encountering you as the Lord of my life, and I need you. I love what it says in Romans 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. There's no one like him. 
If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I mean, that's where we first say yes to Jesus. That's where we encounter his forgiveness and his salvation. And that's where he begins changing us. But I contend that salvation is also me just saying daily, yes, Jesus, I surrender. Whatever it is that you want from me, it's yours. Because salvation is about that relationship with God. He loves you so much and he loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more like him. And that's what the Christian life looks like. It's me slowly becoming more and more like Jesus. That's the experience that he longs to have with us. And so I ask you today, have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you said yes to him? That's the most important decision you could ever make. And I would invite you today, if you've never said yes to Jesus, may this be the moment in your life today, right now, where you say yes to Jesus. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because if that's, your, if that's the prayer of your heart right now, it promises in God's word, you will be saved. I want to welcome you to the family of God because if you've just done that for the first time, it also tells us in scripture, there is a party going on in your honor. That matters. That is important to Jesus. And I also want to encourage you, maybe you said yes to Jesus years ago. Maybe there are still some things he's working on you where he's asking you to say yes to him and to surrender some things that you've been holding on to that have prevented you from drawing close to him and following as closely as he'd like you to be following him. Say yes to Jesus today. Let those things go and follow him. I, I love what Jesus said in Matthew. And I just want to read these, these verses to you. Matthew, 20, Matthew 16, 24 through 26 says, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? That puts everything in perspective. I ask you again today, have you decided to follow Jesus? Make sure today that you're holding nothing back. Say yes to Jesus. Jesus, we are so thankful today for your mercy, for your grace, and for your love. You are good. And Jesus, we recognize today and know in certain terms, you are Lord. There is no one like you. We are in desperate need of who you are, and we are in desperate need of your salvation and your forgiveness in our lives. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would give us the strength and the courage to draw close to you, to allow you to change us as we walk with you, to change our perspective, to give us purpose, God, to change the things that we're passionate about. God, may we be focused on the things that you are focused on. And may the, the beat of our heart be what is the beat of your heart. God, may what brings you joy bring us joy. May we be walking step in step with who you are and who you are calling us to be. God, help us to follow you. In summary, Jesus, we just say yes to you and ask you to work in our hearts and mold us into your image. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you today. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.